be all right. My name's Paul, I've got autism, and I make random videos based on my version of autism, the way my head works, and I stick the videos on the internet in case you fancy giving them a watch. And I hope you're all doing all right. And no, I haven't gone back to the 70s to get this polo shirt. Uh, it was £8. Can't argue with £8 for a polo shirt. Um, I know some of you might say, Paul, that is not worth eight quid, mate. Look at the state of it. But Levi's clothes, they just they feel nice uh, to wear. So couldn't turn down a bargain, got to admit. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk about my poor fashion sense. Uh, but just a bit of a catch-up. Um, I feel rubbish. And I know videos are meant to be happy, fun, shiny and friendly. And here's me saying I feel like rubbish. But I do. I just, I finish work on Friday. And my mood just fell off the cliff. It was that light switch mood that I talked about in, I think, the last video. And I don't know what caused it. I just felt like rubbish. And I didn't do the same things I usually do either. Which is really weird. So let's say I was going to have a beer, for example. I didn't have a beer. Um, I've got me rations of snacks that I uh, started rationing so I don't overdo it because I don't want to end up on my £600 life, which I've been binge watching. So uh, maybe I'll do a video on that because I don't understand. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I just didn't have any snacks, didn't have any beer. I had one takeaway, which was rubbish because all the takeaways around here have become rubbish ever since COVID happened. They've been getting stingier um, on their on their meats, which uh, now they just taste like rubber because they're either microwaving chicken or buying that frozen stuff in a bag. And with my refined palate <laughs> for takeaways anyway, it, um, it sure knows when something's going off, which shouldn't be there. But yeah, just just feel like rubbish, and um, you know it is only Monday when I record this, though I've got to admit that uh, it's the twenty fifth because tomorrow I'm working in the morning, then I'm traveling across to Durham, which is in the northeast of England. For those of you who don't know, um, and then I'm working across there on Wednesday and Thursday, then traveling back Thursday night. So I'm not going to have a chance to get a video done, which is why I'm doing one early. Hmm. But anyway, that's enough of my waffle. And just in case you're interested, the cat is down there asleep and I don't want to move him because he'll start licking and I cannot deal with the sound of licking at all from any living organism on this planet. And uh, George is downstairs eating a trachea, which is very pleasant. Not of a human. Got to point that out in case you think I'm out there Hannibal lecturing people. Uh, yeah, so what I want to have a chat about, if you don't mind, and it's weird because when I'm in funky moods, when I'm in good moods, I want to talk about things much different, and when I'm in lower moods, I want to talk about other end things, and this is one of the other end things, and I get annoyed within autism. I get annoyed at the agendas people are trying to push, the things we're supposed to follow just because we're autistic and how we can't be an ally to our own condition if you don't follow it, which is just insane if you think about it. But then it started making me look closer at what are the signs of autism? Because I've never really paid attention 
you hear them, you, you always hear the same things, don't you? Like people saying, oh, well, if you've got social awkwardness and you can't maintain eye contact, oh, you know, and I just think looking at the landscape, because I got into another uh, Instagram war, I don't learn. But again, it was another one of those self-diagnosis is valid Instagram things. And like I said, if you have autism, you have autism. Whether you get a professional to diagnose you or a penguin, the fact that you will have autism, you will have autism. But what I can't do is go, everyone who says they have autism is valid because some won't. There's this trend on TikTok with people with fake autism. There are people on YouTube who don't have autism, who are faking it to try and build up this reputation to monetize and make a, a living out of it. There are people who will fake conditions. That's just life. What was that thing called? Was it Munchausen syndrome? It's called fabricated illness now. People make stuff up. It's a fact. And when people make things up, it makes it harder for the people who are diagnosed, but then it makes it harder for people who are undiagnosed to self-diagnose. Because like I've said, it's not about being valid with saying, I have autism. It's about being autistic and recognizing it. Because you can't become autistic just because you say you are. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm saying if you, you, you're born with it, that's it. It doesn't matter who tells you you've got autism if you've got it. Like I say, professionals, penguins, whoever. Uh, but the signs of autism, I found when I look at them, I don't think they help. And I wanted to just do this video. If anyone watches it, because I'm aware I'm being quite depressive, I can feel it in my bones. You're not, I, like, I don't hit every marker. I don't hit all the signs of autism when you're looking at them. Like, as, you know, like one of them, for just as an example, it's talking about your volume. And apparently we have... Um, disassociation with uh, greetings how i i'm fully aware that i say hello if i meet someone just like i answer a phone you know like a, a big you know a morbidly obese person wouldn't walk towards me and i wouldn't say well we don't need to get lunch do we you know i know not to say things like that because it's rude so i don't have this disproportionate greeting response which has been mentioned before volume and tone when you speak to people i'm aware how to regulate some people might not i know that but when i look at the signs and this is why i'm doing it for people who self-diagnose it's going to be a very tricky landscape when you're looking at all these things and you think do i have that well i don't do that well maybe i don't have autism so it's more of a nod to that to say look I don't hit quite a few of them. And I know I've spoken for nearly seven and a half minutes. I apologize, but I'll get into a few. I've got six down on my screen, things which are very, very common things you'll see. If you type in signs of autism and you hit 10 of the most popular pages, you're going to find these same examples across the lot. And I want to tell you the ones I don't have and a reason for it. Okay, good. Right. So the first one that I want to talk about is that apparently we find it hard to understand what other people are thinking or feeling. And I want to kind of dispel that a little bit. It will appear that we don't know, and we won't be able to find the words to say that we don't know what other people are thinking and feeling. But the reality is, for me, and I, these are some things I've only realized quite recently in myself, and that is 
I do know what other people are thinking and I know what they're feeling more than they do. But I don't know how to say it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. I don't know how I'm supposed to converse that back with them. I'm not sure because you can easily overstep your boundaries. But I'll tell you something I used to do and I've just started doing it again recently is I'd read people just from what they say, what they do. And I would, when I was a lot, lot younger, is I would just say the next thing they were going to do or I would let them know something about themselves. Or like I remember this time I was, I'm not going to say teaching, I was sort of talking to this girl called Rosie and we were doing this, uh, we were doing this project in Manchester and I was trying to explain to her how I can know people's names. Like a lot of people will look like their name and this is going to sound insane, I'm aware of that. And I was saying to them, I said, just watch the person I said, and the name that comes to your mind will be the name of that person over half the time. If you do it to 10 people, you'll get it right six times. You know, you'll get better at it. And she was like, that can't work. It's just turned, she shouted through the fence. She went, Steve. And this guy just turned and went, yeah. And she was like, oh my God, no way it works. And the guy got really mad. But you can know. And I do know. A lot. And I've started, and I used to speak it, but now I write it. And every now and again, I'll just write something down what I know will happen. And like I was in a <clears throat> a meeting and the lady was very fidgety with her, with her hands and she had a hair up. And I just made a little note to myself that she will take her hair down and put it back up before the next person speaks. <laughs> and she did. And it was like, oh, I've still got it. Still got it. But I think a lot of us do know, like I do know what a lot of people are thinking or feeling or why they're doing what they're doing, but you're not allowed to say sometimes because the answer is so obvious that a lot of people have just become numb to it. And when you don't know what to say because you don't know why you need to say it, I think it's that that can throw a barrier up to make it look like we don't understand what's going on. And it's not that we don't understand what's going on, we just don't know how to then what we're supposed to do with it, what comes next. That's where I have more of a a struggle. I hope that made sense. And uh, Steve, if you're watching, it's my fault, not Rose's. Um, another one uh, which is very common is that we find it hard to make friends. Mm. Again, a bit of a dispel to this. Yeah, it, some people do find it hard to make friends. But what I find is more the problem of that is we look for people who have everything. And if they don't give everything, we try and pull it out. <clears throat> but the bot, sorry for this, I've got a bit of a bit of a cough. My hay fever's gone to my throat. I for me, it's more that I was expecting from others more than they can give. This is what happened when I was younger. But as I got older. I looked more towards people who reminded me of me. And that's not to sound big-headed or that I'm great and I can offer so many things. No chance. But I was more... like Basically, the people who didn't appeal were more going to be the people who would because if they were more... If they weren't looking for friendship or they were quite difficult to get hold of or they were... You know, you text them and maybe two weeks later you'd get a response and it was two words. They, that's me. 
You know, this is why I don't have close friendships because I'm crap at it. I am useless at keeping it because I don't understand why I need that level of involvement. So it would be hard for me to make friends if people wanted more than I can offer. So I turned it around and I looked more towards people and put more favor in the ones who were like me in that respect, who don't need a high level of input, won't miss me if I don't text often. And then just every now and again, you go, oh, not spoke to him for ages. I think I'll give him a text. And you give him a text saying, all right, mate, do you fancy a catch up soon? And they'll go, yeah, it's funny that. I was thinking about you and saying we should have a catch up. And it always seems to line up. You know, so when I look, it doesn't mean I, I, I like them any less. They actually mean more because they don't want anything more than I can offer. And that's how my friendships work. You know, like I've got my mate Baz, my mate Craig. Craig's from school. Baz is from working away. They've got their own lives. They're cracking on. But it's nice to know that they know I exist and maybe vice versa. And then just every now and again, we break away from our realities that we live in and we just have this alternate reality where we will just catch up for that one day a year for a half an hour conversation. Or with Baz, it's probably because his PC's broken. I have to talk him through fixing it. But it's still nice that it's there. So it's not hard to make friends or maintain friendship. It's finding the people who are compatible in that because that's where your niche is. That's where it's difficult for me. For me, I'm obviously only talking for me, but I'm trying to dispel a few of these uh, signs of autism. Something else for me would be when they say that we take things literally and we don't understand sarcasm. So maybe that's two things, but maybe I'm taking it literally. I understand sarcasm very, very well. I adore sarcasm. Some people say it's the lowest form of wit. I think it's the highest because I love stupid humor. I love quick quips. I like mockery. I like teasing. I like it back when it's with good company. You know, I wouldn't just say it to a random person on the street, but like Tom Segura, I love that comic. He's one of my favorite comedians. And the reason I like him is because a lot of his stories are sarcastic, sarcastic in nature. He mocks the premise of TV shows and finds something that's just ridiculous and he'll take the mick out of it. For me, that's good humor. I like that. So, you know, and I, as you know, I've told you a million times, but I did comedy for a while. I'd kind of like to go back to it, but the way this world is at the minute, Dave Chappelle getting cancelled because a bunch of people can't take a joke. That's what a joke is. You know, you mock things. You know, just, I don't know. But I, 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 the level of my humour is I'd probably be lynched tomorrow and I'm not rich enough to survive. So I can't exactly re, uh, re, reinstall my old version of comedy now. Uh, but I still write jokes. I've got, you should see this listing of notes on my phone. I just, it's so long, just full of daft jokes. But I love jokes. I love sarcasm. Um, and as for taking things literally, it winds me up because when people say things like, break a leg, do they really think I'm going to go and go, all right, I will, and go get a sledgehammer. Where do you want me to hit? Is it up hit? Whereabouts on my leg do you want me to break? I'm not going to break my leg. You know, the, all I need is to understand where that saying came from and I'll be all right. You know, I, I, I know that it's from the theatre or I think I know it's from the theatre, but I don't know where it came from. 
So once I understand where it came from, even though it doesn't make sense, like knock yourself out, you know, it doesn't make sense for what it's applying to. But if there's a reason or there's a story of where it came from, I'm much better at it. So like a great example of that would be raining cats and dogs. Now, I'm not daft enough to think I'm going to look out my window when it's raining and see a bull mastiff come flying past my window. That's not going to happen. But I know where that came from. I know it was from a time when people had, you know, way back in the day when people had big straw roofs, you know, that had come down to the ground when they didn't make houses out of bricks, you know. And cats and dogs would get into the straw of the roof to find shelter, to keep warm, to get out of the rain. And then when it would rain hard, it would obviously soak the straw, making it very slippy, and the cats and dogs would slide out of it, going past the openings of windows, or what they had for windows back then. And when you saw the cats and the dogs coming past your windows, if they'd climbed into your straw roof, then you knew it was a heavy rainfall. So that's where the saying, raining cats and dogs, came from. Now, that makes sense because I have the story. So I don't have to take it literally and think I'm going to see animals flying past my window from the sky. Do you know what I mean? So I don't take things literally. So that's another thing I'll dispel from signs of autism. Uh, what time am I on? Ooh. So I've done three. I'll try and get through these other three. Empathy. Apparently, we're not empathetic. What a load of codswallop, if you can use that word at this time of the day. Whatever that means. Maybe I'm taking it literally. But um, I, I'm so empathetic. I feel sorry for me because it can ruin my life depending on the level of it. I can't move. I can't move on. I can't think of anything else. I can't sleep. I can't find another conversation to have because of... You know, like say, bad things can happen to animals at the hands of people. It's like, what is wrong with you? You know, when you see a skinny dog or a skinny donkey or something, and it's like, what? why are they being mistreated? Why are you such a scumbag? They need putting down these types of people because if they can't show compassion for something that needs to be cared for, what's the point in them being on earth? Now, that doesn't sound compassionate, but I'm looking after the things that need help. These are the people causing a hindrance. We don't need bad things and bad people. I'm so empathetic of it. It's ridiculous to the level I'm empathetic. So I am when I speak to people and people in comments will say about their level of empathy. And when I speak to people with autism, their level of empathy. Where on earth did that come from? When they were doing the research back in the day, who were these people they were talking to without empathy who were supposed to be autistic? I'm riddled with it. Not for people, though. And maybe that's where they've got the confusion from. I am not empathetic for people who create their own problems and then moan about it. I've said it to you before, people who won't work. You know, not the same as people who don't work and who can't work. I've got, I've got empathy for them because they're looking for work or they've got an, an uh, an ailment or a disability, an impairment, something that stops them from working, they're fine. It's the people who won't work, the benefit scroungers who want bigger council houses because they can't stop having kids. It's cramped, it's sweaty. Uh, we don't get enough money on benefits to live. That's not my problem. Self-made problem, no empathy for you. Any self-made problem 
I don't care about. A woman had her eyeballs tattooed black and she went blind. Whose fault's that? Oh, well, you lost your sight. Could you have avoided that? Yeah, don't put needles with ink in your eyeballs. Simple. So I've got no empathy whatsoever for people who create their own problems and somehow try to get a bit of sympathy for it. But I'm over-empathetic for things that can't help themselves and are mistreated. I hope that makes sense. Something else is I get quite annoyed, and I suppose it's twofold this one. I get annoyed when I hear that we can't multitask because we're supposed to get so hyper-fixated on one thing that all of a sudden we can't multitask. So I get annoyed for it on that side, and I get annoyed for it that men can't multitask. You know, look, I can be lazy and rubbish in bed. That's two things at the same time. Um, bad jokes aside, I multitask, and it winds me up to think that I can't multitask. I, I, I don't know, today, what have I done today for work? On the go, I've had today, I've had to do my emails, I've had to take calls. So I've had emails about Legionella, uh, Legionella tanks like calorifiers in certain types of premise and talking about water management systems. I have had to look at our accident and reporting system because I've got 12 open incidents, 12 open incidents on there at the minute which need investigating a bit more by other people for me to make an overall decision on whether it needs to be reported or not. I also was given this audit last week, which I saw it and went, this is bad. So what, what I've basically done is I've split it into four on an Excel for ways the audit can be done better, like more streamlined, quicker way of doing it rather than going back to front, inside and out. I've also been trying to do this test on two premises for the electronic software that I've put together with the help of the third party company that I designed, I designed, um, so I can create data. So when my boss is off holiday, he can present it to the board to prove it works. And I also put together uh, an accident reporting piece of guidance for care and social, um, yeah, sorry, care homes and social care because some people have confusion on whether something's reportable or not when it's an accident. And I probably did a couple of other... Oh, and I also was going to learn about my expenses, but I got stuck because the company needed a copy of my car insurance to unlock my expenses. So that's a few things, isn't it? None of that was, uh, you know, I can't multitask. So if autistic people can't multitask, then what on earth was that today? I don't know, divine intervention. Uh, but the last one, and this is the one you will see across every single one, is that we struggle with change. Now, let me explain that one properly. I do not, I repeat, do not struggle with change if it's for the good. Of course I'm going to struggle with change if it's rubbish. You know, like when I look at my old employer, um, not the one that I've just left, the one before, the reason I struggled with change is because I could go and do my job in a day 
I'd leave my house, I'd do my job, I'd return in a day. He changed it so I would have to leave home, go and do my job, come home, go back, carry on doing my job, go home, go back and spend the other half of a day doing the last part of my job. He made the job 250% worse because of the duration of time and the work was less accurate. Of course, I'm going to struggle with change. We all did. And out of a team of about 13 people, 12 left, including me. So, yeah, I struggle with change if it's for a stupid reason. We all do. But what I don't do is struggle with change when the change is good. If something happens and it's for the right reasons, I don't struggle. I might take a bit of extra time to adapt, to bring myself onto the level because I have to ask so many more questions because I need it to be nailed on. But I don't struggle with change when it's for good. So it winds me up that people will say, we struggle with change. Do we? I don't struggle with change. I'd struggle with change if you wanted to stop me eating steak and I had to eat tomatoes instead. I don't like tomatoes. I love steak. Yes, I'd struggle. Yes, I'd complain. But if you wanted to change my wage from a certain amount and had five grand on, I'm not going to struggle with change. So I don't understand. You know, I think, again, people are getting it confused. I think because the people who put all of this together and all of the signs of autism together, they weren't autistic, so they've misinterpreted, if that's a word, how to do it. We don't struggle with change. But most of us do have a bit of a discomfort when routine is disrupted. And that can be a change. So they needed to word it better. They need to expand on it a bit clearer. Um, because if people who do self-diagnose are looking and reading things that I've said, they might think they fall into a category. They might think that they don't fall into a category. They might mislabel or misrepresent what the category means like the dealing with change one I've just talked about and it's not going to help people who do self-diagnose when they don't know what's the best resource to use out there and it also doesn't help people with who have been diagnosed with autism because let's say somebody was learning about autism trying to educate themselves on autism people who are going to college and uni to become you know, to get letters after the name so they can talk to me and tell me what I'm doing wrong. They will be misinformed. And that is why so many people don't get diagnosed. It's why so many people are misdiagnosed. Why a lot of things are missed. Why a lot of things are not considered. It's because it's not accurate. And it's not even close, in my opinion. Because what I've just given you there are six traits that are across nearly every single list you'll find on the internet. And I don't hit one of them because they're not accurate enough to do that. And if it misses me, it's going to miss a lot of other people too. I think. But again, just my opinion. It's all I can offer. If it's any good or not, I have no idea. But what I will say is, Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And I apologize if I've been a bit off, but what's been very unusual for me is, you know, when you walk, you don't pay attention that you're walking. You just do it. 
and you know you're doing it, but you're not actually thinking, put one foot in front of the other, put one foot in front of the other. When I've been talking through this video, I haven't been thinking about talking. It's just fell out of my face. So I don't know what I've said yet. And I'm going to have to watch it back, make sure I've not dropped myself in it too much and do me edit and bang it up. And hopefully it's good enough for the time you're watching it now. So what I'm trying to say is if it's a bit skew-whiff uh, compared to any of my other videos, which aren't exactly all the way there either, then I'll just apologize for that because I'm not feeling great, which brings it to full circle because that's how I started this thing off. So thanks for watching. And until next time, keep smiling.